The Blacks and Whites Network proudly presents Katherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. Hi, this is Katherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. I am so honored today to have a wonderful spokesperson, author, very soon to be a congresswoman, and also a person that's part of OperationOutcry.org. And Luana Solenberg is a wife, adoptive mother, speaker, author, and international pro-life ambassador. She has been featured in many magazines, radio programs, documentaries, and countless newspapers, including USA Today and The 700 Club. Luana has owned and managed several businesses, served on many nonprofit boards, and is treasurer of her church. Luana's heart is to fight for justice and freedom while showing the love and mercy of Christ. I am so honored to have you, Luana, on my show, Let's Just Talk. Welcome to my show. Thank How you. are you today? I am good. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's great to be with you and just to talk with you. Well, you know, it's really funny. Um, I've been a pro-lifer as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I want to I want to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Um, I would love for you to answer them. When did you, and, and I know you had abortions, and I know what mm-hmm. it did to you, mm-hmm. um, and what I don't understand is um, you came out with this, and why did you? <laughs> and when did you come out to tell your story, Luana? Yeah. Um, yes, I did come out with this, and the reason why I did was because as it affected my life, I realized that women needed to hear the truth. They needed to know that there were better options for them than to just kill their child, that there was a better option than just the first thing we do is kill our child. And I also, um, after finding out what it did to me, I wanted to tell women what they would possibly go through if they made this choice and this decision with their life. And also seeing it, how it affects families, how it affects um, husbands, fathers, how it, how it affects our nation, quite honestly. So I just felt like I have to, I have to talk about this. Just like your show, let's talk about it. I have to talk about the effects that abortion has on women and has on men and has on our society. It, it, no one talks about it. We just think it's the first option and it's the best option. And it's not. It's affecting our nation. You know, a lot of people, and one of the reasons why I've come out to talk about this as well is because people don't understand what Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. was, how it was started by Sanger, Mm -hmm. and who she was, and what she was, and why she hated the black race and, you know, any race that was not, in her opinion, um, pure. And what I found out, if you don't mind me saying this, was I found out that she was Adolf Hitler's one of his best friends. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I did know it that. Shocked yeah. me. Shocked me terribly. That, but 
I couldn't understand her why she hated why she hated anybody that wasn't in her weird mind brilliant mm-hmm. in the sense of that. So how can I ask you this question? How old were you when you became pregnant and and had the abortion? I was probably um, 17, almost 18, when I had my first abortion. And it was, I just felt like I had no other options. You know how a woman feels when you're young and, you, and you're afraid and you don't know if you can tell anybody because you're so ashamed of what you've done, especially back when I had it. And so I was afraid to tell my parents. And I lived in somewhat of an abusive household. My dad was an alcoholic. And so it was pretty abusive. So I was afraid of what I would face. So when I went to my boyfriend, he said, I, I mean, he was young too. So he said, the last thing I want to do is be married or have children. And so he said, we've got to, we've got to abort and nobody will find out. And so when I went in to that abortion facility, and I'm not even going to call it a clinic because they're facilities, um, that's what they told me was that this was going to be safe. It was going to be quick. In fact, they told me it would be easy. I would never have to think about it again, and it would be safer than caring to term. So here I am. I'm this young teenager, and I'm I'm seeing these adults that are in medical garb. And so, of course, I'm going to trust the adults. And, and of course, that's everything I want to hear, too. I'm afraid. I'm scared to death. I don't want to tell my parents. I don't, I don't want to tell my family. So I listen to what these medical professionals tell me and believe it because it's what I want to believe. And so that was when I made that first decision to have that abortion. And it, it was horrific and terrifying. In fact, it was very traumatic. It was. I believe I was in trauma after it. Had no anesthetic for the pain. You know, it was by myself. My boyfriend came with me but wasn't allowed to go into the room with me. And so very traumatizing, you know, so painful. And watching it, you know, because I was told it was just a blob of tissue. It was just cells. That's all it was. Well, as you're watching this, I had a vacuum aspirator method. And as I'm watching them literally suction this child from me limb by limb, I'm looking to see what's going into this jar that's next to me. And it was traumatizing. It truly was. It is a baby, fully formed baby. I was probably about 11 weeks along. And so it was very traumatizing. I left there and was in severe pain. I bled profusely all the way back to my house, called the facility when I got back, and asked them what was going on, what should I do. And they basically said, I'm sorry, you're no longer a problem. You're going to have to call your own doctor. And they hung up. And the last thing I was going to do, Captain, was that's the last thing I was going to do, Captain, was call my doctor. Because my doctor was my parents' doctor at that time. And so I was afraid. So I laid there that night and didn't know if I would just bleed to death. I did wake up the next morning, but my life had changed. I mean, I, I had, I no longer valued myself. I hated myself for what I had done. You know, you, it's like when you have an abortion, you feel that instant relief, like, oh, goodness, thank, thank goodness this is over. But then what comes in is shame and, and guilt and so, and regret. And so then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Now I gotta hide this. So now you're like in, the secret mode, I've got to hide what I've done. And all of that overwhelms you and takes you over. And so when you're living in that pain and that shame and that guilt, you, you're, you're not yourself. You know, I didn't, I hate myself so much. I thought, you know, the only way somebody's going to love me is if I give myself to them. And so that's how I got into this cycle 
you know, it was fear and it was it was just wanting the numb pain. So I began to drink, began to do drugs, and became very promiscuous, which led to two more abortions in that lifestyle. I was in a vicious cycle and didn't know how to get out. Truly, I just didn't. It just kept going down farther and farther. Depression, you know, anxiety. It, it was not good. By that third abortion, I did not even give the people at the facility my right name, and they didn't even ask me. They basically didn't really check or, or look. They didn't check an ID or anything like that. I, you know, I wonder about that, Catherine, some days, and I think what would have happened if, if there would have been a complication on that table or if I would have bled to death? What would they have done with me? I don't, I don't even know. Well, like the doctor, that so-called doctor in Philadelphia that, you know, didn't care if the babies were alive Mm -hmm. or dead in the garbage cans, probably tried to send you out in the garbage. I mean, it's unbelievable. And like I I told you before, I had friends, not here, but when we traveled, that had abortions, Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting there with her, and she was sobbing. And she it was married, and she had other children, but yep. it was too much for her. And then afterwards, she finally got psychological help. But yes. people don't mm-hmm. don't understand it until it happens to them. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and they, and I don't understand, Luana, where they don't with the with the technology that we have today. Mm that we can see what is going on, that they don't think that is a living, breathing child. The other thing I want to say is that what you mentioned is, what about the fathers that maybe want Mm -hmm. to have the child? Absolutely. What about them? No. Absolutely. Do you know how many men may not even know that they had a child because that woman may not have shared it with her or told them? Or how many men maybe do know and wanted, like you said, wanted to keep that child, but they have no say in that process. If that woman wants to get an abortion, she can get an abortion without that that father's permission. And I think that is so wrong. I think men get such uh, – I mean, I know there are irresponsible men, but there are also responsible men around. And you know what? If that baby's born, they're expected to pay for that child support if that child is born. So why should they not get a say in that it's their child too. And and you think about too, Catherine, you being a grandparent. What I mean, if your grandchildren, your first grandchildren are now gone and you didn't even know. I mean it's just it's just a horrendous horrible thing that we are doing in this nation that's affecting everyone. You know, and and, we're, and that's our first choice. That makes no sense to me. Why, if there are so many other options out there, I mean, we have safe haven laws. A woman, if she just feels like she can't choose this, she can go into a fire station, a hospital, anywhere, give that child up, no questions asked, and the state will raise that child and help pay for it. Same way with adoption. There, for the first time, we have more parents wanting to adopt children than we have abortions. So there, there are options out there for women besides all the birth control there are, and I know there's going to be accidents, but there are just way too many options out there for women that we don't have to choose this. Plus, like you said, we have ultrasound. We have sonograms. We have ways to prove this is a living being. What, what are we doing, you know? And on that note, um, 
I want you to give your website, but we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. So give your okay. website if you don't mind. And the okay. other the other one as well, the Operation Outcry, because I think every woman, every man should join this organization as long as you believe in life. And if you don't, then this will educate you. Yep. Well, my website is simply my name. It's www.luenastoltenberg.com. And I'm going to spell it because I have two hard names. It's L-U-A-N-A-S-T-O-L-T-E-N-B-E-R-G. And then it's .com. And then Operation Outcries is www.operationoutcry.org. And that's an amazing website. It is men and women who have been hurt by abortion. You'll find testimonies there. You'll you'll find people all over the United States. In fact, I think there's even a map of the United States on there. So if whatever state you are in, if you need help, you can just click on that state, and there'll be somebody there that can get you in touch with some place where you can get help and counseling. And we'll be right back on Catherine Raker's Let's Just Talk right after these important messages. We'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. Did you know that memory loss now affects almost 7 million people in America? And the Alzheimer's Research Foundation estimates that by the year 2050, there will be 50 million people with dementia in America. Are you preparing your family, especially your grandchildren, for this issue? This is Dan Perkins, and I'm the author of a new book for children ages 9 to 12 and their families to help them understand that it's not their fault when Grammy can't remember them. Why Can't Grammy Remember Me is available at Amazon or through your local bookseller. Don't make your grandchildren part of the lost generation. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers was created to serve veterans who deal with the lack of sleep due to their injuries. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides a free MP3 player for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. To learn how you can help, go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us to help a veteran make it through the night. We're back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. We are back on Katherine Riker's Let's Just Talk with a absolute fabulous woman who stood up and wasn't afraid and I am so thrilled because she's running for Congress as well because she really cares. And that's Luana Sullenberg. And her wonderful book is uh, and it's called The Singing Wilderness, correct? Singing in the Wilderness. Singing it's called in Singing the in the Wilderness, yes. Right. Yep. It's absolutely, yeah. I can't wait to read I can't wait to read it. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I think it's important for us mm-hmm. and everyone that has gone through, um, trauma in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially this type of trauma because I think mm-hmm. it's so unnecessary, uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that 
once you understand why Planned Parenthood and why abortion was started, uh, then you start thinking, gosh, why did they do that? And I don't mind. I don't mind if you don't mind if I say this or ask this question. Mm-hmm. Do people that you talk to realize why Planned Parenthood was started? No, most people do not know that, Catherine. They just think they've been told and programmed that this is women's health care and this is reproductive rights, but they don't realize that it was born out of an evil agenda. Like what I mean, Hitler and Margaret Sanger, who started. Um, Planned Parenthood were both eugenics. They felt like there were human, in fact, that's what Margaret Sanger called them, were human weeds. And so she wanted to rid the world of human weeds because they felt like they were uh, a superior race and superior people. So that's really why it was started. They put Planned Parenthoods in poverty neighborhoods. And and especially urban neighborhoods, wouldn't you say? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They wanted to yeah. they get rid of the race mm-hmm. that they didn't believe that should be on earth. Mm-hmm. And cool. there were so many, and I'm, I'm so glad I'm seeing women of color standing up and mm-hmm. saying, this isn't right. No. Life is important. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> let me ask you a couple of questions because I think that it's, you know, um, it's important for, How long did it take you psychologically, and when did you turn and understand what was going on? Well, um, I would say when I turned and found out what was going on, I I came to know, you know, I told you I was in that vicious cycle, and then my life was such a mess. My mother led me to the Lord, and so I, I repented and asked God to forgive me for my sins, but I still did not understand the depth. I mean, my life was still... in in many areas still a mess and it wasn't until I got married and I tried to have children and um, we could not have kids and so I went in to find out why and they told me that the abortion procedures destroyed my tubes and my uterus that literally it just it was gnarled up I had to have a hysterectomy so that was like a shaking and a wake-up call for me as to what is this and what is this doing to women and what is this doing to our society and that's what woke me up to let's find out what abortion is about and why is it doing this so ultimately my husband and I did adopt a little boy from India but um, that was my turning point of how I realized this is so wrong and maybe so I started researching it and I found different organizations there are tons of like studies out there and counseling things you can go through there's a study called forgiven and set free um, one called surrendering the secret because when we hold secrets it makes us sick plus especially if there's such a shame and a guilt over something we feel like we are inferior there are so many I could go through with you Catherine that women who have had abortions psychologically they they feel like they should be punished they're in self-destructive mode most will drink a lot will use drugs and if they don't go to that level, they will not be able to make decisions because they feel like those decisions they made were so wrong that they just don't even know what decision to make. That was something I had an issue with. and didn't even realize it was abortion-related. Um, but also they'll have nightmares, eating disorders, 
of things that go on, like the anniversaries of that, I hated to go to showers, baby showers, and I didn't really know why. And so just different, there are so many things a woman needs to walk through after she's had an abortion just to go back to that past and heal all those wounds and those hurts, ask for forgiveness, but then get back into the right place, like memorialize that child. We were all told it was okay to kill our child. Well, it's not okay, and that maternal um, instinct within us tells us this is our child, and then when we kill them, kill our child, we go into like a survival mode and a, and a depression mode. But then what we also do, the reason why I had three abortions is because we try to have a replacement baby. We just had a loss, but nobody's telling us we had a loss. They're telling us we can just do this and everything's okay. Well, I experienced a loss, so what psychologically, what do I do? I try to replace that loss. So. Women are having replacement children not even knowing what they're doing, and then they find themselves in crisis again, so they get another abortion. So they want to replace that child. It's a psychological pattern that has to be broken, and women have to go through that psychological healing and, and that help. So going through that, we memorialize that child, help that child be birthed in our hearts, and then maybe name that child, um, and then give that child back to God or bring bring closure to it. Right. So and um, do you mind if I read the little piece that's above your book, um, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, because I think it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Singing in the wilderness, let God forgive and heal the pain of your past. Learn how to sing and see the joyful opportunities in every aspect of your life. And, you know, so many of us, unfortunately, can't understand until we understand, since we didn't have an abortion, and learn how to forgive and understand what those people that have had an abortion and regretted it. And because God forgives you, why can't we forgive? If that makes any sense. Mm. You know. That's so beautifully put. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it because, you know, it could be in your family. It could be in lots mm-hmm. of people's families, and they don't want to know. They, And um, I'm so thrilled that you mm-hmm. are running for Congress. Can you talk a little bit about that, or would you? would love to. I am um, running for the Iowa House um, in District 81, so it's an Iowa seat, um, not U.S., House, but you, uh, but Iowa House, and just felt like it, the Lord was calling me because um, just what's going on and taking place in our world today. Iowa's doing pretty good. We're a pretty good state. We have a very conservative governor who is not mandating things, um, but so it's a great state. But we just need to shore up some other things, and so I felt like it was just time to jump in and be a voice of the people and be a voice of what is true and what is right. Um, I just. I don't want to see people silenced anymore or feeling like they should be shamed if they do not have the same opinions of others. So I feel like it's time people get their voice back. So that's why I decided to run, and we we won our we won our primary, and so we're on to the general. So hopefully November eighth we will we will win it. Let me ask you what your top priorities are. I know what they are, but 
Would you tell my audience? <laughs> uh, I would love to. Of course, my top priority is life, you know, and that is our declaration of independence, you know, that we're endowed by our creator by certain, and on the alienable rights, rights, and the first of those is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so um, life is my top issue, but I, I love children in every aspect, so education is very, very important to me. I just find it very um very sad what we are trying to do at the federal level through the AE um, the Education uh, Department, trying to uh, talk about critical race, trying to bring in uh, the sexual identity, the transitioning, all those things. I just feel like those are things parents need to be teaching the children, and it should not be coming from schools. So a lot of, also a lot of disruptions in schools, and for teachers as well. I mean, teachers are feeling threatened because there's, there's, um, there's no discipline and no responsibility anymore in our society. So these kids are not being held responsible. Um, we've, we've just, We've just got things we need to clean up and we need to get figured out and we, we need resolve and we all need to come together to resolve it because our children are so valuable and they are so important. They're not just their future, they are our now. So yeah, that, that's important to me. Many other things are important to me as well. Um, not to have mandates, to have liberties and freedoms. Um, just a lot of things going on these days. <laughs> you believe in so many of the same things that we do that mm-hmm. I hope and I'm praying for you that you're successful in your run. Thank you. And that you become that congresswoman that we need. And um, I think it's so important for people to stand up and not be afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the people need their voice back, and we have been pushed down and made to feel afraid that people do need to stand up too. No, I, I mean that was great what you just said. I'm not afraid to say anything. I'm gonna. We do need to start saying it, and we do need to start standing up, and we do need to pull our kids out of school, and we do need to, you know, all those things need to happen. We can't. It's not a time to be complacent or apathetic anymore. We've got to rise up. We really do, and just speak the truth and act out of the truth. And the other thing, the other thing I want to mention, you probably work with pregnancy centers. Um, I just mm-hmm. had the, and I think I told you before the show, I had one of the heads of the pregnancy center from Buffalo that mm-hmm. was bombed. And, yeah. um, you know, if it wouldn't be for pregnancy centers, and that's the other thing that Planned Parenthood doesn't tell you about, yeah, our pregnancy centers are a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, it, there's so much disinformation, and the media is is giving so much disinformation, as well as the administration. The, those pregnancy centers offer more services than the Planned Parenthoods do. And where there's this outcry that, oh, no, now that abortion has ended, women won't get health care and women won't get the care they need. That is an absolute lie. Why? No one is shutting down OBGYNs. No one's shutting down you know, doctors' offices. And pregnancy resources are still there. And in fact, how sad that people are are bombing them and are harming them. Every one of those centers stands because of the donations given by the public. They, they do not receive one dime from the federal government or from any government. They, no tax dollars whatsoever goes to them. People support them. Well, Planned Parenthood was supported well over 500 million from our federal government a year. That's like 1.3 million a day. And that is just federal money. That isn't even what they were given at states or Medicaid or Medicare. So if 
they are truly doing all these wonderful services. What are they fearful about? That they should, in fact, they should even grow larger. The only service they're offering is abortion, period. So why should all of our tax money go to that when then they just give all that tax money that they're getting back into Democrats' campaigns, you know, or liberal campaigns or someone who will support them? It's money laundering is what it is. Where can people purchase your book? Um, they can go on Amazon and just type in my name or type in Singing in the Wilderness, and they can purchase it that way. Otherwise, if you go on my personal website, um, that com, you can purchase it from that, too. And I just wouldn't mind quickly adding, too, is the book isn't just about abortion. It's about literally what its title is. It's, we sing through the hard times in our life, those wilderness times. And so it does talk about the abortions, but it also is written in such a way that um, it, it, it discusses, like, rejection or um, depression and things like that in the chapters. And then there's a place where at the end of every chapter, we, I ask questions that you ask yourself, and then there's a prayer and there's scriptures. And so I wouldn't say it's a devotional, but it is like a book that, that is just not going to be a quick read-through. Well, it can be if you want it to be, but it is also where there are tools there that can help you find healing and, and move forward. And if anybody wants to book you um, for their church, they can go mm-hmm. up on your website. Can they still do that? Yep. They can do that, because absolutely. I, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on mm-hmm. Let's Just Talk and I want to invite you back to do Catherine Raker's World as well. And if you'll stay with me after this just little piece, I would really appreciate it. Give your websites mm-hmm. out one more time. Yes. My website is www.luana, the last name, Stoltenberg, S-T-O-L-T-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. And thank you so much, and I want to have you back on our show again, and thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy day to be on my show today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Catherine Ricker's Let's Just Talk on the Blacks and Whites Network.